You know what time it is. It is time for our pro football scope. Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature joins the program. And Barry, uh, let, let's just get this out of the way quickly. What in the world happened to the Browns over the weekend to get them juiced up for this game? I don't know what it was, but it's like the Bengals showed up in the or the Browns showed up in the Bengals uniforms, and the Bengals showed up in the Browns on Monday. Well, what you didn't know is that wasn't the Browns. That was Ohio <laughs> State with Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett, but the, the rest of the team was Ohio State. So, oh man, now, now you've got the answer. Now you got the answer. So if if the question is, can Ohio State play against you uh, NFL teams uh, against the Bengals? I guess they can. Uh, yeah, I I I guess they can. I, I tell you, that was that was a very di- disappointing game to watch. I I don't know. There was a not 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 that the the environment seemed a little off, but I was I mean the game started right as the show got done. It seemed like so I got home and we're about halfway through the first quarter and and I find out Joe's already thrown an interception and. And then uh, there, 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 there's a missed field goal by Cade York, and it's like, what the heck's going on with this game already? I, I turn it on, and it, I don't know. It, the, the game was a little bit weird, I think, to me. Uh, Evan McPherson was surprisingly very bad compared to what we're, we're normally used to in that, in that game. And, and, and I think that – I don't know if I'd go as far as to say Jamar Chase and what he brought to the offense was – I mean, he obviously was missed, but I, I, I was a little bit surprised at the fall-off that we saw, and I don't know if that was a bad game plan. I don't know if the Browns ju- ju- just played the best game of the season and, and that was it, or, or where to exactly go from here regarding both of these teams. Because if the Browns take that performance and, repl- and replicate it here over the next few weeks, they may be able to get themselves into a, into a position where when Deshaun Watson comes back, and we'll get to him in a second, they may be able to make a push for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, and it also affected the trade deadline because the Browns had offers for cornerback Greedy Williams. They had offers for running back uh, Kareem Hunt. They had offers for a backup running back, uh, Dearness Johnson, and because of not only the win against Cincinnati but the way they won, they they didn't pull the trigger on all, any of that. They said, well, you know, we might can use these guys if we're if this team is going to play as good as they played against Cincinnati on all three sides of the ball. If they're going to play that well, we're going to need these players and we're going to need to continue on instead of dumping them and then and going for next year. And by the way, if if you haven't um, mentioned it or if you, if you don't know, the SEC women's soccer tournament is going on right now. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, on Ten Mile Road, uh, right now Alabama is number one. They're playing number five uh, Vanderbilt. That game is at halftime. And then at 7.30 tonight is number two South Carolina versus number six Georgia. And the winners of those games play Sunday at 1 o'clock at Ashton Broadstown on Ten Mile Road. Yeah, we, we've uh, been giving away some tickets. We're, we're going to do that again here a little bit later in the hour. But giving people the opportunity to go and watch it and having the SEC tournament here is obviously a really big deal. We've been talking about it on the show for, for the last week. And uh, when you're dealing with the SEC as well, you know, it's not just football, but basketball, baseball, softball and soccer as well. I mean, you're dealing with some of the best players, the best teams in the country. Um, so de- definitely worth your while to go and watch. And as Barry said, yes, at halftime, it's Vandy and Bama. They're knotted up at one apiece uh, right right here in Pensacola. So t- take advantage of that opportunity and go on out there and check them out. And again, you'll be able to win tickets here a little bit later. Um, getting back to our pro football scope, I mentioned Deshaun Watson, Barry. And according to Andrew Barry, the GM of the Browns, He's on pace to play December 4th and be back. Um, 
it seems as if that civil lawsuit that was brought up by the the lady randomly a, a, a week or two ago is swept under the rug, as you may suspect. One, because it's only one person, and number two, there's a lot more other things to talk about, and it's already it's already really been decided with as far as what's going to happen to Deshaun. Uh, would you look for how much are you looking forward to that game December fourth? I mean, obviously you've got to still do your job and report up until then, but is there any anticipation for Deshaun uh, coming back, especially after what the Browns did on Monday? Well, they've been using a backup quarterback, journeyman, uh, Jacoby Brissett, and he's uh, a roller coaster. One game, uh, like against the Bengals, he was flawless. He was more than just a game manager, which is what he was basically hired to be. It's just a fill-in to manage the game, to but he's famous for throwing interceptions. I mean, right off against the Bengals, the first possession, he throws this, uh, you know, an, an ugly pick. He, he's bad about fumbling the ball. Um, and so that's what he was hired for. Uh, Deshaun Watson, when he was playing, and we're talking about the last time he played was January of 2020, he was considered a top five quarterback. He, uh, his last three years, three out of four years, he was uh, selected to go to the Pro Bowl. However, when he suits up against Houston in week 13, he would not have played in a meaningful NFL game for 22 weeks. Uh, I mean, 22 months, excuse me. You think about that. We're talking about grown man tackle football with with, uh, elite athletes. Even though Houston is not a good team, it's still an NFL team. Uh, it's still got players that are paid to hit you and rush you and, and try to knock you down. It's going to be tough. It's um, Now, the other uh, lawsuit against that other woman said that uh, she he had pressured her to uh, do things she didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, that is still just a pending thing. It doesn't look like that's going to alter his suspension or give him more um, weeks as far as the NFL is concerned, all that will end up happening is if there's no criminal charges filed, then he will have to settle that the way he settled the other ones. And it could mm. be a money ploy. We don't know. Uh, it could sure. be, uh, and, and it, it acts like it's an honest and fair thing by this other woman, uh, but that's what's going to happen there. Will be interesting to follow uh, that as well. Um, some other things regarding the, this week. Obviously, we had the trade deadline, some history made, the the most deals that, that we've ever seen here, especially recently. And the NFL trade deadline's always kind of been that way. What were your thoughts on it? And there's another follow-up question I've got, I've got for you as well after that. Well, the NFL trade deadline really doesn't have that much going on. And... Uh, somebody asked me, what, what is the reason in having a trade deadline? Well, the reason is, is so that if your team is doing real bad, and let's say that you own a team and I own a team and we're good friends, even though we're competitive against each other, and it starts going down towards the end of the year and, and you're vying for a playoff spot and I'm out of, my team is out of the picture, it stops teams, it stops me from giving you or trading you some of my great players for your marginal players or for draft picks so that it helps you and, and the playoff time. Because right now it's just midseason, and we've got a lot of questions. Who's going to do well? Who's going to make the playoffs? Who isn't going to make the playoffs? But in week 14, you pretty much know 
where teams are headed. So that's why they even have a trade line deadline. But they have they never have the traffic like they do in Major League Baseball. But there were some surprising ones. I think the the the, the biggest winner has to be San Francisco. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, the running back, was just kind of languishing in Carolina. Uh, they they don't have a good quarterback situation. They don't have a good offensive line situation. And he was just kind of petering around. So if you've got a bad offense and you've got a bad offensive line, your offense is just sputtering, then you as a superstar running back are going to sputter with it. But once he went over to San Francisco, he just ex- exploded. And um, this week he was named um, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He threw for a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, and he re- was a reception on a touchdown. So I think San Francisco was a big winner. Um, I also think that uh, with the Chicago Bears trading Roquan Smith to uh, Baltimore, uh, he was leading the league in tackling. Now, why would you send somebody like that off? But they did. Um, I think that uh, Chase Claypool going um, from Pittsburgh, that was another head-scratcher. Pittsburgh does not have a good offense. Mm. And for them to trade him to Chicago was just – which is weird to me. What do you think? Well, I think it's interesting. The fact that the Bears give up a second-round pick, I, I felt I found was was rather shocking, especially given his productivity. And I don't know if that's because he hasn't been fully utilized. That's what Chase says, of course. But for them to give up a second-round pick, I, I don't know if maybe just given the way the season's gone for Pittsburgh, they, they've got Deontay Johnson. They feel comfortable with him. they got George Pickens as well. Um, maybe they get another guy in the draft this year, but they figure – you're willing to offer a second-round pick? Sure, <laughs> you know we 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 will take that. I, I think that was the only thing is I mean, had it been a fourth-round pick, may, maybe Pittsburgh's like, no, no, we're still going to hang on to him. But I mean, the fact that it was a second and Chicago was willing to do that, uh, maybe it goes to show you how highly they think of of Chase Claypool and trying to get Justin Fields some help. I think number one for the Bears ought to be uh, getting him some offensive line help, and the fact they traded a second uh, round pick when you can get an offensive lineman in that spot was a little bit interesting as well. It was. It was. And another thing that was kind of weird was um, T.J. Hawkinson going from Detroit. I understand that they traded him, but they traded him in the division to <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. that's right. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, the, the, the first question is, do you trade somebody within the conference? But you never, ever, ever, ever trade somebody within the division. So for that to happen, and, he, you know, we're talking about a guy that can score points against you, um, it's almost like Detroit just kind of, uh, you know, threw up his hands. It, it it's not the same as as trading, uh, say, Barry Sanders, but it is a Barry Sanders trade type of of situation where they kind of cash it in and say, you know, we we know that we're not going to win this year, so let's the stockpile draft picks and, and we'll do. Hawkinson's a a good offensive player, and uh, he's he's been uh, relatively unhurt most of his career, but I I just don't understand why they would trade him in the division. Yeah, yeah, I found that to be very weird as well, that they were just unloading on one of their best offensive weapons, too. I mean, he's only 25 or 26 years old, too, so he's got a lot of potential left. And for the Vikings, it, it, it is a little bit of a coup because they have Irv Smith, who's going out for 8 to 10 weeks. TJ comes in, and he'll be yep. able to help out the offense right away. Again, uh, speaking with Barry Shuck uh, on our Pro Football Scope, I do want to ask you about this trade deadline, though, and there's been yeah. a number of people who have brought this up over the last couple of days about the deadline being pushed back a little bit. You know, teams don't really know their 
team fully yet. They, they, they don't know whether they're in or whether they're out. And maybe it's a little too early to have it. Me personally, I thought it was very interesting and to, 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 to follow it over the course of the day because, yeah, there's some teams who don't know if they're out yet or who or other teams if, if they're going to be in it, but you're going to make that move because you think you've got the potential to be very good, like the, 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 the Eagles making a number of moves. They are going all in as if they you know, aren't already 7-0 anyways. They're, they're improving their team. Do, do you think it should be pushed back to maybe week 10 or week 11, the, the trade deadline, just to give teams a little bit more of an understanding of who they are and what teams are who are bad, as you said, are going to give up stuff and others who are good are going to try to make sure they're as good as they can for the postseason? So the, the, the NFL schedule, the NFL calendar, excuse me, throughout the year is very well articulate. We want people to talk about free agency in March. We want people to talk about the draft in April. We want um, in June, leading up to July, they talk about training camp. July is all about training camp and preseason. So see, everything is mapped out to where there is no downtime. Used to be back in the day, the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s, by Thanksgiving, the NFL season was over with. There weren't any playoffs originally, and then they had two divisions, and they would have the winner of this division played the winner of that division in the NFL championship game. But by December the 1st, the season was completely over. But now you've got the Super Bowl in, in September. You've got um, you know free agency starting, and you've got um, when you uh, reserve players and, and put the tag on them. So everything's mapped out. So where they put the trade deadline, is analyzed and decided maybe not from a competitive situation because if they did move it back, they, what they don't want is they don't want it on top of other things that are going on that will take away mm. from what this is. And they want uh, people to talk about it and to be interested in it. If they move it back to the, in the 20s, you get around Thanksgiving and you've got all these rivalry games that happen in, in college football on Thanksgiving weekend, you've got Thanksgiving Day games that is just a, an NFL tradition. So if you move it back, you start to get in the middle of that. You move it into the 1st of December, you know, people are already talking about the holidays and, and travel time and being off. So they place it in a time that they think, well, people aren't talking about the NFL so much. Let's put that here and insert it here so that there will be something to talk about. Um, it, it, I, I agree with you probably the first or second week in December would be uh, a better place to put it because you take like defensive end Bradley Chubb going from the Broncos to Miami. Miami's got a good team. Miami has a playoff potential team, although they're a roller coaster. Well, Denver was looked at as a team that's going to bottom out and all of a sudden they start playing good. Now, why would they trade one of their best defensive players uh, for for a draft uh, pick, it's not like their season is gone. Yeah. Um, and then you take and then you take like I told you the Browns, uh, they decided to sit on Kareem Hunt. The same thing with the the uh, Los Angeles Rams, they sat on Cam Akers, even though both teams wanted to trade their their running backs. But because they started winning a few games, or they started being not out of the picture, because the Browns are only two games out of first place. Cincinnati's only one game out of first place in that division. So if you keep your guys, then what would happen is if they help the team and you ascend. Now, if you get rid of them 
and then you start to tank, then people are going to say, well, you know, you should have kept that guy. And he was, you know, 25% of your offense. Why, why didn't you keep him? But that is the reason why the NFL uh, trade deadline is situated where it is because it's at a lull where the only thing that's going on is really games, and they want something other than games for people to talk about. Yeah, and people definitely did talk about it. Again, joined by Barry Shucka of Dogs by Nature for our Pro Football Scope. A couple more things I wanted to get to, Barry. The Washington Commanders issues. Uh, the Snyders hiring Bank of America reportedly to maybe uh, sell the team. Uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon and Jay-Z, uh, the rapper, are reportedly interested in buying it. But not, and not only that, but now we've got the federal, uh, the, 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 the feds are are investigating the team for financial uh, improprieties, if I remember correctly. So not only are the is the team trying to be sold, but now the, the feds are investigating the team for financial issues. I don't know who would want this team, given all of this stuff, and maybe this is the reason why the Snyders would maybe potentially be willing to sell anyways. Yeah, that, that's a quandary right there. Um, a CEO yes. and founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, he... He's already said he's interested in buying an NFL team, and he's got strong support uh, from the owner, other owners, and who wouldn't? It's it's like Walmart bought the Denver Broncos. Who wouldn't want Walmart to own a team in your in your league? Sure. But um, you know, you you talk about any team, it's got to be worth uh, billions with a B now, and um, they want people that have deep deep pockets. And Bezos is is one of those teams. You know, Amazon pretty much runs the planet now. It seems like so they're they're close with a number of uh, he's close with a number of NFL owners, and um, it's fueling speculation that he could be a candidate to buy stock in um, in Washington. Yeah, uh, it's it is a it is a billionaire's game, which is kind of unfortunate. I mean, there's very few. I mean, the Packers. Uh, the Packers aren't, aren't even fully publicly, owned, or uh, they're they're they're, they're no. partially public, correct? Still, or are they or they did, did they no, go full private? No, no they're a hundred percent publicly owned. Okay, yes, that good. happened in ni- That happened in nineteen fifty two. The Green Bay Packers needed five thousand dollars, <laughs> and they sold stocks, and that's how they got their five thousand dollars, and that kept the team in in Green Bay in nineteen fifty two. Two years later, the NFL tried to get them to move to Milwaukee on a permanent note, and they had to come up with money again to keep them and, and make their uh, wow. make their stadium bigger uh, because they were a you know a small team and um, but they've had six different stock options and if you buy stock in the Green Bay Packers, you're buying a piece of paper. It may say twenty five dollars, <laughs> it may say two hundred and fifty dollars and you own one share, but you get one vote when yeah. when stuff comes up, when meetings come up, but you are not, I mean, you are an owner, but you're not, you don't get any uh, money if if they have money left over. Mm. Um, it's it's just the way it is. Yeah, that, that's just something cool that you do to say, you know. Um, eh, eh, anyways, uh, I want to ask you one more thing, Barry, and this is regarding Tom Brady. So we, we know okay. the stuff about him and Giselle, um, but looking at that division this year, I mean, the Saints are another team that when when we bring up the trade deadline, if they'd have lost that game to to uh, Vegas, I think Alvin Kamara's gone, to be honest with you. The fact that they won the game, 
not not only winning it, but but they shut out the Raider the, the Raiders, and with no Marcus Lattimore, they lock down Devontae Adams. This gives them something going forward here. But if you're Tampa Bay, how 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 comfortable should or how confident should the organization be that Tom's going to be able to figure this out? And, and really not Tom even, but just the team because Tom's been playing okay. He's still got arm strength and everything like that. It's not like he's he's washed up or anything. But is is there any Thing that you gather from this, the fact that this news has come out regarding Tom and Giselle, that there may be a weight lifted off Tom's shoulders and he can say, okay, all that distraction's behind me, I'm still fully focused on the season, or do you still think there's going to be those bumps and hurdles and it's not going to be easier or as easy as I kind of just said it, maybe? Well, you've obviously never been divorced. Just because he's, Correct. he is officially divorced <laughs> does not mean it's it's emotionally gone. Right, and, and right. I wish you all the luck in your in your marriage, and you're still in the honeymoon stage. But um, let me tell you, when you not only the divorce, but also children involved, mm, that yeah. that pretty much rakes your heart. It just it just pulls your heart out, and it can get you in, in a depression. It can get you sad. It can get you upset. It can get you anticipation, all in the same day because you don't go home and you don't see your children all the time. Now. If you look at that division, the the Falcons are in first place, yep. but they're four and four. They're in, in place by one uh, one game over Tampa, who's three and five. Atlanta's been playing well. Tampa has not been playing well. Tampa can't score any points. They've only scored 146 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they're one of the the worst uh, scoring teams. Their defense is bad. Um, and even if you look at, at who they lost. Oddly enough, they beat the Cowboys in week one. Not only did they beat them, they beat them 19-3, to and everybody thought, yeah, the Cowboys aren't going to be what everybody says they're going to be in Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay's back. In fact, they were 2-0, and but, geez, they, they've lost to Atlanta. They've lost uh, the Nolans. They've lost to Kansas City. You know, Pittsburgh and Carolina are both bad teams, and both of them beat Tampa Bay. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's an odd situation. They they play the – and their schedule is not a, an easy one at all. They they play uh, the Rams. They play Seattle. They play the, the Browns, the Saints. Then they play um, San Francisco and the Bengals, and then they close out with Arizona. I mean, Arizona. Um, it's not an easy season going down. I just – you know, when you have a distraction that is home-based – and you say, yes, I'm going to put all my attention into work, it doesn't always work that way. It just doesn't. Right. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know what divorce is like. I hope to never find out. Um, but yeah, it's – I can't help but agree with what you said there, Barry, and the fact that there's still a lot of distractions with that team. And, and, and the team itself, as you, as you said, is not very good. The offensive line issues and, and the health concerns – and just the the you know the chemistry with the wide receivers and all that still seems to be off even with Mike Evans. So, um, anyways, uh, uh, so it's definitely going to be and, something and to follow. You, and you've got one other thing going on too. I, I read a couple of days ago that uh, his ex-wife has been seen in Miami partying it up. So really, you know, wow. this is this is newly divorced, and this is your woman. This is was your wife. You chose this to be her to be your wife. She chose you to be uh, your husband, her husband, and now she's seen not not grieving and not staying at home and not baking cookies and uh, you know going out and finding a job. Maybe she could work for Amazon, but you know she's <laughs> out and about partying. So the first time he sees her 
with another man, that just amplifies it. So if he's yeah. getting all these reports that, I, that I'm reading, if, if he's reading the same article I'm reading, he is going, oh, my gosh, you know, because the last thing you want is is for your ex-wife, for your, uh, your you know, your, the female that you chose to be seen in the company of another man. Not, not that that would be a, a, a forceful thing or a bad thing, but it's just psychologically, once you see her with somebody else, it just amplifies all your feelings and you either go into a funk or you get upset about it or you accept it. Did you happen to make a trip down to South Beach, Barry? Because I know I, I know that you were asking some questions after this whole thing was released. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like her number. But, see, I was <laughs> going to take her to the fair because she looks like a go-to-the-fair type of woman. Oh, my goodness, that's great. Uh, Barry Shuck joining for our Pro Football Scope. Uh, bringing the reins back in here, do you have an idiom for us today? I do. I'm going to tell you how Flak Jacket came about. Okay. Um, you know, this is a a – heavy vest that quarterbacks use that have got an injury, usually with their ribs, sometimes with their back, and they wear it like a, a vest, like a vest to a suit, but it comes up higher in the front, and it's got a little bit of weight to it, but it's made out of a material that if somebody hits you, because and with a football uniform, you've got shoulder pads, they they come down a little bit on your chest and a little bit on your back, but the bottom of the shoulder pads to the top of your pants, all of that is exposed. So this is a jacket that a vest that goes completely all the way from top to bottom. So the flak jacket was invented in 1978 by a man named Byron Donsize. He was from South Carolina. Now he got the idea while he was working at an army laboratory and they were looking for methods to protect pilots from blood force impact in case of crashes and, and such as that. His invention would, uh, with the Army uh, laboratory was a lightweight vest, which would inflate upon impact and then deflate instantly after the impact. Now, the sports version that he came up with, he patented, but he sold it to Easton Sports, and that is manufactured with triple-layer uh, triple urethane foam, which has tiny air cavities. Now, this vest can withstand a blow of about 800 pounds per square uh, inch. Now, the word flak, it is a German contraction for fragments. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, I obviously didn't know the history of that. I'm glad that some of this stuff, Barry, I'm telling you, it is absolutely incredible. And, and the history lesson that goes along with it is very, very interesting. Uh, and it's amazing that you know all of these things uh, and you research them. And they come in handy because out of nowhere, this is a conversation starter. Not to say that if you wanted to get with a woman like Giselle Bunchen, then, then you would bring this up. But did you know the flak jacket has is, – is flak is a German yeah, word for yeah. fragments. I mean, I don't think you'd bring that up to, yeah. to a woman necessarily. But very, yeah. very interesting stuff, Barry. And, and, I, and I love it every single time we get these idioms. Yeah, I, w- I would have to ask her if she likes Popeyes because apparently you think it doesn't bring intensity. Hey, you know what? It it. What? I, I I like Popeyes, but I, I love it. But I'm not eating Popeyes and feeling fired up. It's more of me having to figure <laughs> out when I'm going to have to use the bathroom coming up in the next couple of hours. Yeah. Well, anytime I get that spicy chicken with those red beans <laughs> and rice and those handmade biscuits, I'm excited. I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you need to have a drink near nearby though with that biscuit. Uh, Barry, appreciate the time as always. You have a good one. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week.
All right. Enjoy your game against the Carolina Panthers. They're they're awful. So you should have a good week. You know what? I thought Talk the Brown, I thought the Browns were bad too, Barry. But you know, I uh, you never know with the Bengals now without Jamar Chase. So I, I will do my best.